You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, Second to none, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. It's John DePietro. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11 and we go until 2 on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week, with Justin Katz, who's the managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, I want to start off on Saturday. There was um, Governor Mundo inside doing her daily 1 o'clock press briefing. And outside, there were some protesters. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts if there was any effectiveness to the protest. Well, I, I don't know. I, we're dealing with kind of a giant, uh, a giant thing to protest here. Um, so I, I don't, it would have been kind of hard to have uh, any really policy effect at this point. But I think it, I think it was good and it was healthy that they were out there uh, and that somebody in Rhode Island was sort of carrying that flag that's being raised across the country. Just somebody putting that little bit of, you know, a little bit of pressure, a little bit of, of murmuring out there that people aren't happy with uh, the direction that we've gone and won't won't live with it for much longer I th- so I, I think it was it was good that they were out there uh, there don't appear to be uh, any of the uh, any of the disruptions that we so we were seeing before this whenever there would be a you know a con- well, conservative rally at the state house you'd, we were starting to see every one of them accompanied by a, a pretty violent antifa uh, progressive counter protest and so that has been tamped down so that the protesters were actually able to get out there and, and, you know, get their message out a bit. I thought it was interesting, however, that there was a line of, of counter protesters in, you know, socially distanced in uh, medical gear, uh, the scrubs and all, and all of the news media assumed they were healthcare workers. Right. What's interesting is uh, there was a picture actually in a Providence journal. I, I, don't think they mentioned the counter protesters in Providence, but they had a picture from a similar rally in Texas that also had quote healthcare workers counter protesting. And I I thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting, especially because it doesn't look like any of the news media asked, you know, confirmed 
their status. And they all quoted the same Kelly LePage. Yes. According to Channel 6 is still a student. So it starts to make you wonder what was this protest really about? And in fact, WPRI gave the counter protesters the headline. Um, So it does show you kind of how the uh, how the news media can change the, the messaging and turn a counter turn a protest into a count the, the message of the counter protest pretty quickly and without much backup information. You know, that's exactly right. Now, to me, you're exactly right, Justin. No one went to ask for all we know, those were just other women standing there in, in the garb. Not that they are workers. We're hearing that they're exhausted. They're on the front lines. They were more organized than people sometimes don't understand how difficult it is um, to really run a protest. I saw the on Facebook comments from the woman that initially organized the reopen Rhode Island, knock it off, Gina. And she her comment was three networks contacted me on Friday and I told them to kiss my ass. I'll see you Saturday. Now, that is clearly an amateur that, number one, they're not three networks. They throw three local TV stations. They're trying to give you free publicity. You, you don't tell them to kiss you behind and ignore them. You give them some talking points. You give them some ear time. They're helping you. What I saw on Saturday was a group of people running around. There didn't seem to be any leader. Uh, bullhorn, misdirection. Some people were there for prayer. Um, but the, the, whoever the counter demonstrators were, I, I mean, I don't believe they were there on their own. Uh, I'm going to guess that that was the union throwing that to the governor is like, hey, we'll have you back on this. And I'm glad you said that because I didn't see one media person question. Are all of the women standing there not saying a word uh, in the mask and in the in the gown? Are, are they actually just people wearing the outfits or are they actually registered, you know, healthcare workers, nurses? Yeah. And the fact that they all all the TV stations quoted the same person. Yes. <laughs> suggests that. I mean, if you go well, to that, a rally that shows that the... they, that shows that they're organized. I mean, that shows yeah, exactly. that if you were asked, they point and say, that's the person that's talking. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah. In, normally in a protest or any type of rally, that's what should happen as someone that's been organized with them and been an organizer of them. You try to get everyone to do that. But the problem is. You, you, you notice that when the unions do these things, Justin, they're highly organized. They point right to the leader. They have talking points. They have handed out uh, statements. And, and, you know, here's my statement on the whole thing that then they're accurately quoted. Um, it's very tough to do that because then otherwise people just start spouting out that don't even know what they're talking about. Well, I'm in defense of the the more conservative protesters. I, I think the, the news media tends to make that a lot easier for the unions and the progressives. If you, I mean, you can organize a, say a tea party rally or something and you can have as everybody has a palm card that they're supposed to read off. Yes. And even so you're going to get all the TV stations trying to interview the craziest looking person True. and, and that, True. trying to get, okay, put the, put the talking points aside. What do you think? Whereas yeah. with the progressive and the, the unions will say, oh, you know, we'll, we'll follow your lead and, and report what you want. But I also, you know, I kind one of the things I like, kind of like about the conservative side is that this was, you know, however few, you know, I, I saw some local media disparaging the numbers and the organization, uh, you know, however few they are, it's kind of hard to argue that that's a genuine coming together of people who are genuinely upset. And I think that ought to be, I mean, that to me is encouraging in that if they're, if it gets to the point that there are 
people who are more organized, who are getting behind these things and starting to ramp, ramp them up, that that's sort of a baseline of aggression out there. So I think it's probably much more like a representative poll than a than a, an organized protest. I agree with you. And then if, to myself, selfishly, I was just glad that I didn't. Someone asked me if I would be part of it or if I would go and that type of thing. And I I mean, I, I've been where it's the what you saw on Saturday, which is total chaos and all these people just showing up. And then I've been part of others that are highly organized. I prefer the ones highly organized. Something also interesting happened last night, and that was on Friday night, Ted Nisi at WPRI got a one on one sit down with Governor Armando. Now, that's the first time because she has been doing obviously the briefings and she's done some one on one interviews. But this was the first time they were actually sitting socially distanced across Um couple things about that. If you're Channel 10, you're certainly asking how come we didn't get that and or Channel 6 or anyone else for that matter. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on, um, on just the, the back and forth between the governor and, uh, and, and Ted Nisi at WPRI. Well, I, personally, I, I thought it was kind of a missed opportunity. Uh, and I, I wonder how much the reason one network got it, one station got it over another was the willingness to to kind of let the governor craft it because all of the answers were, were pretty finely tuned and crafted. There were no surprises. Uh, and that was especially apparent when she, the, the one kind of quote tough question that Ted Nisi asked had to do with businesses that, or, or others who say the governor went too far with this. And of course she had the prepared answer and she, in, throughout the interview, she mentioned her models that she was basing everything on twice. But there was no follow up to say, well, what do you say about those models? They proved to be really, really wrong. Um, and so there was, the one reason you would want a filmed live interview like this versus the more canned presentations or the conference call is that you've got the politician on the spot with cameras rolling. You can put a little bit of pressure on her. And there was almost none. And so I, th I thought that was a missed opportunity. Uh, the other thing that really dropped out, jumped out at me was uh, early on in this, this ordeal, uh, Providence, uh, or sorry, Brown political science professor, Wendy Schiller, was on Twitter talking about how comparing Gina Raimondo to, to, to Donald Trump and saying she never says I, you never see I. But in this interview, it would have been hard for, for Gina Raimondo to say I more often. I mean, it was, I'm going to look into this. I have to think about whether we can open that. And it really, that really came to a head when at one point uh, she said, she referred, referring to our, our the, the, the pandemic, she said, this whole situation I am in, and she quickly corrected it, we are in. Uh, and so I, that was the other thing that really turned oh. out at me. This is really about Gina Raimondo. Uh, it's really about what she's doing. She's working so hard. That was one of Ted's questions. Uh, and I, so there was, there was an element of, I couldn't help but think of the, the poster that's being bl blasted up on, uh, projected up onto buildings now that yeah. uh, sort of Marxist poster of a, of a, of a nurse supposedly holding up a, uh, a torch and, and behind uh, over her head, it says Rhode Island hope strength and it's in chains. It's kind of a, for conservatives and free you know, people who can emphasize freedom, it's kind of a disturbing image. But it, it starts to feel like that when you've got this glossy interview where the governor's saying all kinds of I have to decide. Uh, there's not really any tough questions. And here's the Marxist poster being broadcast. I think I think people underestimate how a lot of a lot of Rhode Islanders react to that set of imagery. Folks, when we come back, we're going to um, talk to Justin about a little bit more about that poster, which I think is interesting. Also, the the media policy 
Uh, Nelly Gorbia took a step to send out all these mail ballot applications. I'm sure people got them. And then also the mayor in the, in the news, Mayor Lorza, and also the General Assembly. It's all ahead right here uh, on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property, with Bethel Certified Softwash Power Wash. Now, Jared, he came to our house. Folks, it looks brand new. Get rid of, you know, it just happens. You build up some of that algae and mildew, and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime. Bethel Certified Soft Wash Power Wash, especially now we're spending more time outside. You want your house and property to look the best it can. Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. They said it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585 find them on facebook it's bethel certified soft wash it's going to make your property your home your deck your walkway any outdoor surface he can get rid of it as far as the algae mildew gets rid of it with a very safe solution it's bethel certified soft wash Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294 294- 2400, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. This portion of our show is brought to you by Henry Oil. Call Henry Oil today at 401-521-0200. Online, henryoil.com. Henry Oil, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Fuel oil, diesel, diesel, gasoline delivery. Call Henry Oil today, 401 401- 521-0200. A Rhode Island success story. Henry Oil, their proud history. Think of that. 1947, started by Carmine. Henry DeSanto delivered fuel oil with a single truck operation, and their tradition continues. Call Henry Oil today. They do a great job. Carmine and Lori, 401-521-0200. Online, henryoil.com. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They have lock and cap pricing. They have budget plans, automatic delivery, oil burner service and installation, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, and 24-hour burner service. You can depend on Henry Oil since 1947, 401-521-0200, online at henryoil.com. It's John DePietro. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go till 2. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. 
uh, just click the listen live button. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. Justin, I want to pick up on what you were mentioning about the poster. As soon as I heard there was going to be a poster, and I think this is interesting, just I knew there was going to be a female and a younger female in that. Uh, last week, you know, and I could see some of these female reporters. I don't get the whole gender thing of I think it's I'm so proud and it's great when I looked and I saw up on the screen was Governor Raimondo, and that was when the education commissioner was there, and Dr. Scott, and there's Margie O'Brien. It was the reporter from Channel 10. And look at that, four smart women. Listen, when you're in this type of situation, I, I just, I don't understand where the gender thing comes in. I think you want the most qualified person. But I did ask the governor afterwards about what is that, that poster supposed to represent? And she said, well, it represents all the healthcare workers. And my question was, isn't it possible that some of the healthcare workers are male, are people of color, are older? Why is everything always come back to the young female? And you and I have talked about this whole governor for the day for young women. And young women are, as she, the governor said, the young women are playing press conference around the state. There's this reoccurring theme that if this was any other type of group, Justin Katz, it wouldn't be tolerated. Oh, certainly. I mean, it's like a lot of people who, who deal with imagery and, and uh, writing or looking for to compare pictures to other pictures. I was on Google looking at Soviet and, and communist propaganda because that's what this looked a lot like. And even in the Soviet Union, a lot of the posters had a man and a woman. I mean, even even in places that are that uh, kind of retrograde and, and locked down and totalitarian, they emphasize uh, – getting everybody up on the poster. Uh, so I thought that was, I, I did think that was interesting. The young, you know, vaguely ethnic uh, woman there in the stark colors uh, with the, the Maoist hat on. Um, but you're, you're right. There, there is this, it, it's, it's just bizarre to me that people would think that that's something that you would emphasize and that in a, in the middle of a crisis, we're, we're counting the number of women up on the, up, and places of power just it, it just seems so strange and 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 sexist ultimately you know what else let's come back to the nisi interview for just a moment channel uh 12 ted nisi who by the way i highly respect very fond of i mean one of the most professional if not around that you can find but um didn't you find it a little early for the governor now now she went along with this but the introspective of uh well there was some scary days this is kind of to me, I think it's too soon. We don't know where it's going. We don't know what the summer is going to hold. That's kind of like the year after the blizzard. You look back and say that was a tough 48 hours or whatever it is. Didn't you find it a little early for the governor to kind of be when you start to talk that way? To me, it, it strikes me as a little bit of a victory lap. It did, but it also uh, the impression I got a little bit from that question and answer was a little bit of excuse making. As if, as if she understands that, I mean, it, it, it's a fair point that, that you're in a kind of a catch-22, as she put it. Uh, you know, if you, if you don't do anything, you have a lot of death. And if you do do something and, you, and you're successful, you don't have any or you have very little. And, and then everybody says, well, why did we have to do that to ourselves? So that is a fair problem. And it's a, it's a known 
crisis management issue that that leaders have to deal with. But it, I got it got the impression that she she does understand that people are starting to question it. She put out this ridiculous model showing thousands of people in a hospital in a couple of weeks, and two days later, suddenly the hospitalization started to go down. Uh, so she she is in that predicament where she has to explain that. So that's kind of how I I took that question and answer was, oh hey look you know when we were when this whole thing kicked off, you have to remember it was a very different thing was, was going on in Italy. They were choosing who would live and die. And so I, that's kind of the, the, the response I had to that. Uh, and I, I, I think it's, it just kind of went along with the, it was a softballish kind of a question. And so, and you, you contrast with the budget where she says, you know what, I haven't even thought about the budget because we don't know what the revenue is going to be. Like, what? <laughs> you see, that's your job. You, there's plenty you could be doing saying, this is what we'll prioritize when we get to be able to make a decision. Uh, but instead, I mean, she's talking about her personal point of view during the dark days and instead of the nuts and bolts of thinking about the budget. I, I, I did think that whole presentation was, was kind of strange. Well, when it comes to the budget, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. I speak with Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. When it comes to the budget, uh, Justin, it's very clear. They, they are putting, talk about all eggs in, in the basket. They're putting... 700 million uh, eggs in the in the basket on, on Saturday's briefing. Kathy Gregg basically dragged out of Brett Smiley that Moody's was saying the deficit, the uh, budget deficit for the, for the year is 630 in the post briefing that we get to ta- talk to them for 15 minutes on a conference call. They even thought that was low, that it was closer to seven. They seem to be framing everything towards it's it's and the governor just kept saying it. She was saying it Sunday, too. We have to wait to see what the federal government is going to give us. So the, to me, this goes beyond. There is no plan and they don't have, as we know, any rainy day or this certainly not built for it. This is, uh, you know, the, the young kid that crashed the car and either the father's going to pay pay to get it fixed or, or he's, you're not going to have a car for the summertime. I mean, the government is either going to bail them out or bail us out, whatever, or. There is no plan B. One other thing, and I want you to hear your thought on that, but I do want to touch on a problem that I have. and I I don't like to be a barking dog, but I I brought it up on April 1st, and that is this media policy. The media is not allowed in. There's no follow-up. The question and answer is actually very short compared to others. But initially on April 1st, when I first submitted the question, Governor Mundo said, because my policy is no more than five people and I'm not breaking my policy. They've shifted this now to the Dr. Scott is supposedly the one that is enforcing this. And then uh, she even, I think, during one of the conference things even or maybe it was that said, well, you'd have to talk to Dr. Scott. But, uh, Justin, what jumps out is are, are they oblivious to the fact that we watch the White House briefings and there's obviously more than five people in the meeting there? Are they treating us like we're stupid that you watch Cuomo? or Baker, or any of these other people that we see the briefings and the media is right there. It, it defies logic as if we're like, what, what, we're not seeing all of that? This is a made-up rule. And Hummel asked the question last week. To me, I, it really comes down to control. Oh, well, that's clear that the, the, the idea here is control the message. There's, there's no reason for the governor to have hired all the PR people in the past few years that she, that she has without Good wanting point. to control the message. Uh, and that's what they're doing. And that's, it's kind of 
disappointing to see the news media going along with it. I mean, in his interview, Ted Nisi did ask at the end about when are we going to be able to have this? And it, it was still kind of a chuckle, chuckle, ha, ha. But, but what was interesting there, contrasted with what you just said, was, again, it was another, I have to think about that from the governor. It wasn't, yeah. oh, we have to discuss it with our healthcare team. Because it, it is, it's entirely a political imagery decision that they're making here. And it, it really does create a deficit where the news media is just taking uh, taking the information they're given and processing it. There's uh, the, um, I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but the editor for the Province Journal actually had a- Alan uh, Rosen. Column. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. A, um, talking about how he, he was kind of surprised to see readers complaining yes. that the Province Journal broke the story about that's news right. before the governor announced it, because it's yep. her right to do that. I mean, that's that's the situation. And I blame the news media for allowing yes. that over, over years, not yes. just in this COVID thing, but over You're years, right. allowing the governor to control the message. They don't want to step on her toes. Uh, and so this is what you get. You get a completely controlled messaging from the governor where the news media is not allowed to be in the room. There's uh, from what I, I gather, I'm not on the calls. I, I made some effort to try to get on them, but I decided it wasn't worth the effort. Um, the, the, it's kind of chaotic conference calls, which are better than nothing. But, you know, you need that back and forth. You need that situation where the governor's on a podium and multiple reporters are able to follow up on each other's questions. And you can have um, you can have Ted Nisi ask something and the governor says, well, I was looking at the models. And then somebody else from another network says, hey, what about those models? They were all really bad, weren't they? Why did that happen? You know, that's what you need. And that's what gets information to the public. And that's what's what's really being controlled here in a, a kind of a, a Pravda kind of a way. It is. Um, folks, it's John DePietro speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Coming when we come back, I do want to just follow up one more thing on the media policy. And then we will talk about, folks, the mail ballots, uh, the General Assembly and a lot more. It's all ahead right here on The John DePietro Show. Remember, for your business, mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508 336 21 and MEG mega truck and trailer repair, commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508 336 2110. Mega truck and trailer repair, FHWA inspections or an island state inspection station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24 hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them. 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110 for MEGA truck and trailer repair. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Well, it's John DePietro. This portion of the program is brought to you by Johnson Propane. Now listen, 
You want to be prepared for what's going ahead? Now is the time to stock up on propane. Stop in. Phil never runs out. That's right. Phil Johnson never runs out. Easy to get to. Located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. And it's right in front of Stop and Shop, right over near Rhode Island College. They are open seven days a week. Propane tank and supplies. They fill Blue Rhino. And they will fill up all your propane tanks. Credit cards, debit cards are accepted. You can call Phil Johnson at 401-621-8129. 401-621-8129. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Call Phil, 401-621-8129. Now is the time to stock up. It's drive-in. No wait, propane filling station. They'll fill up your tank. Now is the time. You want to make sure you don't know what's going to happen. And if, in fact, you get locked down or you have to be out, then you want to make sure you have propane. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. I, I'm stopping by to have Phil fill up. I have two tanks. I'm going to have them both filled up. 401-621-8129. Stop in and see him. He's just terrific. And again, right, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, right near Rhode Island College, and right in front of Stop and Shop. Well, folks, you're listening to Politics This Week. Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, one other uh, note about the media policy is during the Ted Nisi interview. Now, what's also interesting is, and I don't know the behind the scenes, but for all we know, maybe Channel 10 did something to annoy them, and then this is a way that you kind of jab them a little bit by giving the exclusive one-on-one to Channel 12. I don't know that. But you're exactly right about the Alan Rosenberg piece in the Providence Journal because even with Ted Nisi, he asked, when the stay-at-home order is lifted May 8th, are you going to let the media back in the room? And the governor said, gee, I don't know. We'd have to think about that. Maybe we'd have to get a bigger room. Now, as you and I have discussed, that room is massive. As a matter of fact, I've been several times in the White House press room where you see President Trump and Pence and Fauci and Dr. Burks and CNN and Jonathan Carl and everyone else. You could fit three. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. You could fit three of those rooms into the state room where they have it at the Rhode Island State House. The real story to me here is the local press. You now have a governor that has, if you believe it. Somewhere 75 to 85 percent approval rating. Maybe it's somewhere up around there, but certainly very high. The media is giving her the chance that let's just talk about the TV stations. Radio, true, but she likes being seen. Um, They're giving her a a free hour at least every single day where they preempt regular programming. And they gave it without there was no leadership within the local TV stations for someone to be the organizer. say, no, wait a minute. You know, if we're going to do this, then this is what we need in return. Because now she holds all the cards. She holds all the power. She's calling the shots. She's obviously, you don't want to be left out. Wildly popular. But they talked about last week that they may spend money on Latino media to get the message out. Now, you have, you know, I, I run the briefing Obviously, we don't charge them. Other radio stations do. The television stations do. And one of the reasons they're going to have to pay is apparently Latino media, Justin Katz, they weren't even running her briefings. 
And there was a piece about the Latino leaders and they're going to step up in the Latino community. And nowhere in the story does it even mention that Telemundo and the Spanish radio stations, they haven't even been running the Ramundo press briefing. And now they're going to spend money with the Latino media. Well, there, there's a uh, identifiable identity group that the governor wants to wants to woo. But I, the, I, when you were talking about the size of the room, it it, it occurred to me, uh, you know, all those movies you see, you know, a Batman movie, for example, where you're talking to Gotham City, and the mayor is out there giving a press conference on the front steps of right. the city hall. I mean, there, there are plenty of places the governor could do a a press conference where all of the news media could be there. I mean, this it's a small state, but it's not so small. You can't find a place that's suitable for that kind of an activity. Um, and the, the other thing you, you commented on was uh, perhaps, for example, Channel 10 did something and the governor's upset, so she gives the exclusive to Ted Nisi. That's entirely, to my experience, in line with her approach to things. I, I, I happen to know that she has commented to to news media who were interviewing say mike stenhouse of the rhode island center for freedom and prosperity and she'd, she'd make a disparaging comment kind of sending the signal you know why would you interview that person and i also people in her administration have refused uh, to participate in in any kind of a an activity where one of the other presenters might refer to the center's work uh, cool. so i mean that's the kind of way they operate uh, and so it wouldn't surprise me at all and i you you kind of wish the, the local news media it's a small state you know we always talk about how you can get to know everybody and communicate and work together it'd be kind of nice if they all had gotten together and worked together to say you know what we're just not going to be led around like this if you want the messaging to get out you're going to be fair um but everybody's sort of all throughout this crisis the media like everybody else seems to have just kind of fallen right right into line well and you do see you know on the national front it was highly publicized that the President Trump did not want a reporter from CNN in the front row in the White House uh, uh, Press Association. Um, the, the, he said, well, why don't you switch this reporter in the back? And the reporter in the back said, I'm not switching. And the CNN reporter said, I'm not back switching. Now, I know some people may say, oh, CNN, fake news. But the point is, they held strong. And then as a result of that, whatever, he didn't take any questions and left. But I, I, I like that type of pushback. I want to touch on uh, Nelly Gobia, just without any fanfare, mailing out all of these mail ballot applications. Now, they're stressing they're just applications. They're not mail ballots. But they sent out 790,000, Justin. And, and I just don't know where the end game is with this. Like, how do we determine how many come back, how many are, if someone is, in fact, some, I have been hearing from some people that, you know, their a family member is deceased and then it still showed up there. Someone, a tenant moved out of an apartment. It still showed up there. How, how do we determine uh, how much of this is potential voter fraud that goes on when you do something like that? Well, it is hard to determine. And um, I mean, I, I know I've gotten a lot of a lot of uh, questions from people who are wondering what's going on. Why did I get this thing? And it does create this opportunity for fraud. And we, we really need to we need to to worry about that. I, it almost feels like a trial balloon. I mean, the the primaries. There's no races in either either Republican or Democrat to speak of, and so it's not that big a deal. So it almost seems like they're testing this out to see how can we how can we get everybody a mail ballot and uh, increase our chance of. of fraud. And I kind of, this is pure speculation, but you kind of start to wonder if one of the reasons Bernie Sanders pulled out of the Democrat primaries, he kind of saw the writing on a wall with all these mail ballots going out and the, the Democrat 
establishment have any opportunity to do to work their machine and boat harvest and he said you know what i can't compete with that i'm going to pull out and look like a good soldier and what about the um you know she's doing a, a minor trot out of this but i um justin this is a national effort that the democrat party is trying to do with these mail ballots in rhode island I think it just opens the floodgates. Um, you know, there's still unfinished business, as you know, with Secretary of State Corbea from the, the 2018 election. Still don't have verified information uh, regarding birth dates. She's still just plotting ahead with this. It's one of those things. I'm not comfortable with the situation. The Board of Elections is the Board of Elections. I, I don't know what they're going to get away with, but we're now going to be very close now with that June deadline for people to submit and um I, I just don't have a lot of hope for this upcoming election cycle. No, I, I think we're, it's going to be very strange uh, and very, very hard for, for non-incumbents. Um, I mean, we, we, I mean we, we've, we've talked about the General Assembly and how they, they've kind of hid out. And in the meantime, if you're an incumbent, I'm getting mailers from incumbents with COVID information. And here's a, here's a glossy picture of my family. You know, so there, if you've got money and you already know you're running, you, you can do things like that, but for the people who might challenge them, uh, nothing. I mean, there's, it's very, very difficult to get anything going right now. And that's a shame because the general assembly in particular uh, is just entirely dropping the ball in a cowardly way. Uh, they really should be active right now and they're not, they're hiding out. And that in a, in a healthier civic society, they would all be facing challengers and, and really the threat of being, released or removed from office because of their their complete lack of leadership during this time uh but that's not how it's going to happen and the mail ballots as we saw when when mail ballots put speaker mattiolo over the top um against steve frias that's a key part of their strategy and so you know you you can start to see what they're thinking we'll we'll just stay low that way none of us says anything wrong and, and makes the wrong call on this whole ordeal and then we'll we'll rely on our increased funding uh our, our establishment machine and throw in a bunch of mail ballots from people who are still scared to go vote and we'll we'll lock this thing up what do you think on um on saturday i did uh, submit the question and ask the governor that right now in rhode island uh, justin katz we have record unemployment and yet with state workers there has not been one state worker laid off there has not been one state worker taking a pay cut, not one furloughed. Uh, this continues to be this this protected class of citizen that are feeling no pain. If we're truly, quote, all in this together, then when then when does that start to come? And one of the examples I submitted was you have part time, as you know, part time attorneys within the General Assembly. And they don't make a lot of money, but they make good good money. And the big reason they do it is because then they get the, the free health care. But how is it possible that the General Assembly may not come back, they have not been in session, and not one person has been laid off? Well, that's, that, as you say, it's a, it's a protected class. And that's one of the big reasons probably the governor is saying, I haven't even thought about the budget. Because if you're thinking about the budget and you're thinking about where can we reduce funding, you start thinking about who can we live without? I mean, who in government is not an essential employee? Well, a lot of them are doing nothing right now. So that tells you something. Um, and that, that goes across the board at this point. I mean, the, the old cliche is that, you know, you took a government job and it paid less, but you were very secure and you got good benefits. Well, now it doesn't pay less. They still get a lot of money. And it's it's so secure that you can survive a pandemic with 40 percent, 30, 40 percent unemployment or whatever it turns out to be uh, and not have to worry about your own job. That's 
it does raise that that image of two classes. And again, to go back to the kind of the Marxist idea, that's what you end up getting. If you're with the party, if you're with the government, you're protected. If not, you know, you're you're in Venezuela. And that, that's a that's a worrying thing to, to yeah. see. Um, and I, I mean, we one of the things that jumped out at me about the big, you know, the discussions about whether to close schools for the rest of the year. In Massachusetts, the teachers unions were actually lobbying to have schools closed through the rest of the year. And one of the one of the interesting things about that is Massachusetts, unlike Rhode Island, to Gina Romano's credit, Massachusetts said, you know, districts, you can you can choose how much uh, distance learning to do, and we discourage you from introducing any new material. So there are, there are a number of districts where they've essentially just taken off. And I, I know teachers who are taking this time to remodel their houses because they're not working, but they're getting paid. Hmm. And then they lobbied to get the rest of the year off. Wow. Uh, and that, so, so that's the difference. You've got people who can't, who are right now trying to figure out how they're going to pay that next bill and they can't do it. And you, the governor at the same time is saying, well, we're going to have to go back very, very slowly. I, I'm going to have to decide who can work and how. We're going to have to investigate every industry. Meanwhile, government employees are just in this safe zone where, where they, they don't have to worry. They, they're being essentially reassured that if the federal government gives us a big bailout, then they'll be safe. Um, and that's the one encouraging thing is that we know this is a conversation going on around the country to the point that uh, I believe in the, in the U.S. Senate, Mitch McConnell was saying, well, you know, maybe we don't want to bail everybody out because maybe states have to make some of these decisions. Uh, so it's going to be an important debate in, a, in the next months and year, probably years. But people ought to observe and, and who's this protected class and who isn't. And hopefully when they do observe that, they won't say, well, that means I need to get in that protective class, uh, but rather let's fix our, our system. You know, uh, just two more quick comments, um, and then I want to hear your final thought, uh, Justin Katz. Folks, it's John DePietro, Justin Katz, managing at our OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. I want to just come back to that inspirational poster. I, I really thought in this day and age that uh, if someone had said to me, what would it look like? I, I think of like what you see when you see like a Coors Light commercial, where I would think if I were to draw it, it would have been uh, an older man of color. It would have been maybe someone Asian in there. It would have been someone Latino. And then there would have been some uh, Caucasian. Instead, just the, the either, it was either white or Latino. Afterwards, I, I said to the governor that she said, well, you can't tell whether they're white or black. But if you look at the hair on the poster, that's not a, a person of color. But the last thing with me with this media thing, it, it just reminds me of if there was like the young child that, you know, who's five years old and says, you know, hey, mom, can I get a bike? And then the mother looks, you know, straight at the child and says, oh, no, they don't allow bicycles on the street. As the child is watching all the neighbors riding around on their bicycles. When, when Ted Nisi was asking her about the media policy, they said, you know, we'll have to think of a way that we could do it, that everyone's going to be safe. The, the fact that, that, that are, are we are you oblivious to the fact that each night and each day we watch other governors, other forms of government, other media conducting these briefings quote, safe, a word I'm actually sick of hearing, in the room. It, it's, it's just idiotic at this point. And also, this business of everything now is the fail-safe, the, the catchphrase is safe. Uh, are people job safe? No. Is their retirement safe? No. Are they going to be able to keep their house, their business? Is that safe? No. Well, when you keep using the word safe, what that you know, safe has a lot of different definitions. Last time I checked, Justin Katz, wearing domestic abuses up, Child abuse is up. 
Uh, I don't understand these proclamations. Rhode Island is number one leading the nation with distance learning. According to who? Where can I read that? What are you basing this on? It's as if everything just gets thrown out and there's no opportunity to question the messenger. I want to give you the final word. <laughs> well, there's a lot there. That's true. The, the idea that this one measure of safety is all there is. I mean, that's kind of, that's why I'm glad there were people willing to go out on Saturday and, and to do some, start the protesting going a little bit, because that's, there are different perspectives on what's safe. I mean, if you look at, for example, if you look at the, we've heard a lot about how the Hispanic community in Rhode Island is, has been disproportionately affected by COVID-19. If you look at the numbers, yes, they've dramatically been disproportionately uh, affected as far as the number of cases, but they still make up only 12% of the fatalities. Right. So they're not. So that tells you that they're younger uh, workers who are out there probably doing, continuing to work. Meanwhile, by the way, 79% of deaths were non-Hispanic whites, but that doesn't seem to be an issue. Um, but the, the, um, so there are people making different decisions and that's how it ought to be. What is your definition of safety? If, if you have, if you are a person who ha is living in a domestic violence situation, this is not safety. If you're a person who, who has tendency toward alcoholism and you're out of work now and depressed and about it, the only thing you can do is go buy beer or, or whiskey. That's not, this isn't safety for you. So it is a very, it's, it's almost a tone deaf to me uh, idea that yeah. there are other people suffering out there. And um, for, with regard to the poster, you're exactly right. If, if you want to know what an inspirational poster looks like, look at some marketing ads yes. because people are spending millions and millions of dollars to figure out <clears throat> what is inspirational. How can I get my customers to feel optimistic about my product instead of this <clears throat> community? Here's a bunch of people who are all Rhode Islanders. We're all represented and we're in this together. We get a single person in the Soviet kind of here. I'm, I'm here dominating and I'm going to fight uh, with the arm. The torch is arm uplifted. It might as well have been a fist and chains around the word hope. I mean, it's really dark imagery. Yeah. It's so starkly the idea that, I mean, I could say, I could see her saying, well, I wanted some kind of imagery, you know, that will unify behind or something, but instead to offer Rhode Islanders hope. And that's what you get. It's almost like, don't believe your eyes. Right. <laughs> this is a hopeful poster. Believe me, it's, <laughs> it has the word hope in it. It must be hopeful. Yeah. That's exactly what she's doing. And it, it, I wish we would get more questions about, are you are you gaslighting us, Governor? Yeah, because that's what it seems like she's doing. I made a joke just finally afterwards on the we do the conference call with her. And I said, is this another the person in the photo, the poster, whatever, is obviously under 60. Is this another jab at the people 60 and over? And <laughs> it was deadpan. It was dead silence. They didn't get it. Folks, he's the managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin Katz. Justin, great job. We'll talk to you again. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by MEGA. MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508 336 7801. 508 336 7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They're here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part time, full time, weekend work. Uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company, MEGA professionals. 
from MEGA Professionals. Hi, I'm Steve, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in store lines waiting to get in to buy more bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it when all this started. They're enjoying all the safe, clean water they want all year long. They're drinking it, cooking with it, bathing in it, doing everything in it except searching for it, rationing it, and now waiting in lines. As this crisis further restricts your freedoms and choices and store shelves empty, I hope you now realize how important it is to take control over your own water quality like thousands of my customers already have. Because when this crisis is over, your bad water quality won't be, and neither will your bottled water dependency. So ask yourself, do you think you're finally worth making a one-time investment for a lifetime of clean, safe water? If so, call my company. Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. Water Filter Company, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Because is it really worth going through all this? It's John DiPietro, and there's nothing more important than cleaning your home, your business, a school, any type of building. You need Soul Source Restoration, a Rhode Island-based company, and it's Soul, S-O-L-E, like the soul of your shoe, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today at 401-712-2700, Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. You know, Soul Source Restoration, folks, they are one of the few companies in the entire country have the type of equipment experience that you need. As far as residential, is there anything more important than making sure your home is absolutely clean from viruses for your family, for your friends, for yourself? Soul Source Restoration, same for your business. They have the expertise, the type of equipment that you need to get through this crisis. We spoke with Mike CP of Soul Source Restoration, and I asked him about just that very thing, the microthermal fogging and electrostatic spraying equipment that makes Soul Source Restoration different than every other company. We're a full-service restoration company, as you know, John. We've been in it about 15 years now, and with this coronavirus that has changed our world for the time being, we found a unique way to provide a true 99.9% disinfectant service. Mike, Soul Source Restoration, and again, folks, it's S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. What is? What would you say, what is the goal? What is the goal of the company? Our main goal is to utilize our services to keep essential and non-essential businesses safe, protecting both employees and customers. And with sole source restoration, what is the difference equipment that you use that probably is different than any other company, certainly in Rhode Island right now, but the way I understand it, I've heard you're one of only six companies in the entire country that have the type of equipment that you have. We utilize CDC-approved hospital-grade disinfectant enhanced with sporicide and viricide that we atomize by means of microthermal foggers. These microthermal foggers break down the disinfectant to 3 to 5 micron, which is basically a fancy word for micromillimeter. This allows the disinfectant to saturate air particles and cover all surface material, giving you a true 99.9% kill of all pathogens. You know, Mike, right now someone is listening saying, John DiPietro, this does sound fine. Mike Seepy. Soul Service Restoration, it sounds fine, but I already have a janitorial or cleaning company, and and they tell me that, that they think they can get rid of the coronavirus. These old methods leave a lot of room for human error, utilizing older equipment that doesn't break down the disinfectant in a way that's going to kill the coronavirus. 
Mike, with Soul Source Restoration. Now you have the country is in pandemic. Everyone is freaked. We are seeing death about the coronavirus. What right now is the biggest challenge for a company like yours that has the capability for a coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service? Our biggest challenge, John, is educating the public that what we're doing is very different from janitorial and normal restoration companies whose conventional methods of cleaning mainly comprise of mops, buckets, spray bottles, and kettle pot foggers. Don't take any chances. Call Soul Source Restoration today. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Call them at 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. They have the equipment that you need. They will fully clean your home, your property, your office, your school, whether it's any type of business. You heard CDC approved environmentally and pet friendly they have the protective equipment they have the type of equipment that you need don't take any chances a rhode island based company and they're in a league of their own with the type of resources they have to fully disinfect your property from the coronavirus sole source restoration call them today home or business 401 712 2700 401 712 2700 it's sole source restoration coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service for rhode island massachusetts and connecticut again look for them online soulsourcerestoration.com this portion of the john DePietro show is brought to you by lawn doctor call today your best lawn ever guaranteed 401-392-1025 401 401- 392-1025 or online they have a great website lawndoctor.com what do they do well outdoor pest control annual program lawn care service they make great lawns happen lawn doctor at island your lawn care company love your lawn best lawn guaranteed call them today 401-392-1025 free uh consultation and estimate 401 401- Three nine two ten twenty five lawn doctor and now is the time because you can get the early spring the crabgrass control time release fertilizer professional blend of high calcium line lawn doctor go online check them out it's lawndoctor.com or call them today 401-392-1025 lawn doctor mega logistics they're there to help you give them a call today 401-431-2300 mega mega logistics if you have freight you need freight goods third-party brokers for your company warehousing and transportation how about custom freight supply chain management routing bill auditing customer developing proven track record with fortune 500 companies you can depend on mega mega logistics call them today 401 401- 431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.